Good morning. Welcome to worship at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church on this Kirken of the Tartans Sunday. It is a meaningful tradition here at Preston Hollow, and we are glad that whether you are here in the sanctuary, whether you are live streaming or listening on WRR, we are glad that you have made this a part of your Sunday, being a part of this faith community. Welcome. We intend uh, each week to create community as best as we can, and one of those ways is we ask you to complete the Friendship Registry. You will find that on the outer ends of your pews. We ask that you complete these to let us know of your presence. We enjoy knowing of who's here, but also so that you can note names of those worshiping around you and you can greet each other by name uh, following worship this morning. So please take advantage of that. If you do happen to be a visitor this morning, we want you to know that in the atrium, which is through these doors and to the right, there is a visitor's desk with volunteers wearing bright yellow name tags. They have a special gift just for you, which says thank you for coming, and it gives you information, the bag of information gives you uh, details about the ministries and the mission of Preston Hollow. So we hope that you will take advantage of that uh, so that we can make a, a connection with you. You will find cards in your pew racks. These cards are available to you to share prayer concerns. If you wish, the pastors and deacons consider it a privilege to pray with you and for you in the coming week, and this is a way for you to let us know of your needs. There's also a connection uh, card on the other side. If you uh, would like to become more connected with Preston Hollow, this is a way for you to let us know of your interests so that we can pair you with uh, groups and opportunities that may interest you in your walk of faith. A couple of additional announcements that we would like to call to your attention this morning. Next Sunday is also a big day in our life together as we observe All Saints Sunday and Founders Day and there is no better way to do that than with a little fun. We have a potluck and old-fashioned hymn sing that will take place next Sunday evening at 6.30 over in Jubilee Hall. All are invited and there are more details in your bulletin and online for you to sign up for that. And secondly, we are grateful for our growing partnership with the Westside Baptist Church of Louisville and our broadening Race Still Matters initiative here at Preston Hollow. We consider it a privilege to be in conversation with our neighbors and to be, uh, to be engaged in the work of racial reconciliation and race relations. To that end, we will be offering a pilgrimage trip, a civil rights uh, pilgrimage trip in February, and there's an information session about that next Sunday at 1215. If you have an interest in knowing more about this, you're invited to that session next Sunday following worship. Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it as we turn our full attention to the holy worship of God.
Let us join in our responsive call to worship. In worship, we remember that God so loves the world. We are reminded that all belong to God. In worship, the old and the young join hands. The mourning and the joyful share peace. The powerful and the powerless raise their voices together. We are reminded that we belong to one another. In worship, God knits us together into the body of Christ. God, in our worship and in our daily lives, help us to trust that all belong to God and live like we belong to one another.
Friends, as God's created, we tend to hide our pain, our brokenness, and our mistakes. We try to erase them from the stories we tell of ourselves and tell each other. But God, who created us, knows our true stories and loves us anyway. We come to confession that we may be forgiven and set on a new path. So let us pray together the prayer of confession. God of every generation, we long to follow you faithfully, and we seek to live lives worthy of your calling. Like our ancestors before us, we are flawed and fallible people who make mistakes and fall short. Remind us that you call us not to pursue perfection, but to follow in your footsteps. Trusting in your grace, help us to move and live and grow in your presence. Amen. Our faith and its assurances are gifts from God. We trust that God, who has begun a good work in us, will continue and will bring it to completion by the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we prepare to hear scripture, let us join our hearts in prayer. We are hungry for your good news, O Lord. Speak your truths to us, your hopes for us, and your promises that we may be nourished and equipped to be your faithful followers. Help us to hear you with believing hearts and open minds. Amen. On this Kirkin of the Tartan Sunday, we are so glad that you are here. You need to know that we are picking up in a conversation that we've been having now for eight weeks, a conversation uh, around our new vision statement here at Preston Hollow, trusting that all belong to God, living like we belong to one another. For the month of October, we've been examining that, that, that last statement, living like we belong to one another, because it is our commitment season, the season in this community of faith, in which we commit to God for the coming year, our, our lives, our resources, and the gifts of our very lives. And so this Sunday, we're going to explore two uh, verses um, from the Bible, two scripture readings, rather. One from the book of Isaiah and the other from the book of Hebrews. And I want us to consider this morning, what does it mean to live like we belong to one another? What does it mean for us to live like we belong to those who have gone before us? What does it mean for us to live like we belong to those who will come after us? 
I think the prophet Isaiah and the author of Hebrews give us some wisdom and also courage and words of grace as we seek to follow that path. So listen now for the word of the Lord to all of us this day. First words from the prophet Isaiah. Don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look. I am doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, paths in the wilderness. And from Hebrews. So then, let us also run the race that is laid out in front of us, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us throw off any extra baggage, get rid of the sin that trips us up, and fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus endured the cross, ignoring the shame for the sake of the joy that was laid out in front of him and sat down at the right side of God's throne. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary, just as you hovered over the waters of creation. So we ask that you would create afresh and anew this very day, that you would reach across the ages and breathe new life into these ancient words. They may be your word to us here and now, and we pray, O God, that you would breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts, that all would be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'll never uh, forget the spring semester of my sophomore year in college. I was taking a religion course from Dr. George Ramsey. Dr. Ramsey had been a professor at Presbyterian College in Clinton, South Carolina for 35 years. And I was so honored to be able to take one of his final classes, a survey of the New Testament. And I don't know if Dr. Ramsey always did this or if he was doing it for the final semester of his teaching life. But Dr. Ramsey, after every class, would sort of distill these huge ideas that we had been talking about for an hour and a half every Tuesday and Thursday morning. He would distill these ideas into these bite-sized gifts that he would hand us at the end of class. I'll never forget, we had just finished a very lively discussion on the subject of predestination. I know that you're all extremely jealous of that. When Dr. Ramsey said, I know for the last hour and a half, we have been talking about these big theories and what does it mean for God to be alive and at work in our lives, and I want to share this with you. My young students, the older I get, the more I live, the easier it is for me to look back on the entirety of my life. And to see the thread of the divine that has run through every moment of my life. I could not see it when I was your age. But I can see it clearly now. 
I couldn't see, I couldn't always see where God was at work in my life, but every memory I have now, there is that divine thread knitting my life to God. I've never forgotten that moment. I've never forgotten those beautiful words. I think I've never forgotten that moment because the longer I live, the more I've come to find that to be true. But it's difficult to look back on our lives, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're oriented to look out of the windshield of our life. It's difficult to look back on our lives and see the divine thread when we're oriented toward the windshield of our life, and especially when we're going a thousand miles an hour, rushing off to the airport to catch the flight for the next job, or getting the kids dressed and getting them ready to go to school, or trying to schedule a workout. Or catch up on emails. Or even having to schedule a date with your partner or your spouse through an Outlook calendar invite. (laughs) I hear that some people have to do that. Not the roughners are, you know, we're good. But we can go a thousand miles an hour and it's hard to see all that God is doing. I think that Dr. Ramsey's right when we orient our vision uh, from the windshield of our life. When we catch the rearview mirror, we're able to see that divine thread through memories. I wonder what memories uh, you have this morning when I even bring that up. I wonder what's in your brain right now, what's in your thought. Maybe it's uh, the memory of taking uh, your child's hand into your hand when you walked them into their first day of school. Do you remember how small their hands used to be? And how big your hand used to feel when you could swallow it up and you walk them into the first day of class? Maybe it's the moment uh, that you shared, the meal that you shared with those friends that you had back in that city before you had to move to Dallas. It was that meal, you don't remember what you had, but you remember who you were with and you remember how it fed your soul in a way that you would long for now. Maybe it was being at the bedside of a loved one when they were struggling to take their final breaths. Maybe it was a grandparent or one of your parents or maybe it was your spouse. You were so overwhelmed by grief and pain and emotion in that moment. Now that you look back, you could see the whole thing as a holy, holy and divine gift. Maybe it's uh, when you went on a date to church and you came on a Sunday morning or maybe you went on a date to the symphony and you heard that piece of music that spoke And elevated your soul in a way that you never thought was possible. Maybe it was a kind word from a stranger that you passed on the street that you had no idea that you would encounter. And they said something to you. Word that you most needed to hear. Oh, I wonder, when you look into the rearview mirror of your life, what do you see? And are you able to see the divine as a thread knitting your life with God? You know, I think this is part of the prophet's work. 
Prophets know that they need to to shake us awake to the holy in our midst. The prophets offer rattling reminders of God's faithfulness in the past, which I think gives us courage to live like we expect God's continued faithfulness in the present and in the future. That's certainly true for the prophet Isaiah and his words to us this morning. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I got to tell you, I've been thinking about Isaiah's words a lot over the last few weeks, especially in preparation of this Kirkin of the Tartans Sunday, a Sunday which is designed in many ways for us to look into the rearview mirror of our faith tradition and give thanks for the reformers who have created this particular strain, the reformed tradition. But as I've been thinking uh, about Isaiah's words, I've also been caught up in a flood of memories, thinking about the saints that have gone before us here at Preston Hollow. You know them. The John McCoys and the Jeanette Earleys. The Rosemary and Dave Curtises. The Mrs. Lee Berlin. Barbara and Fred Myers, Field and Mary Scoville, most recently Mary Jane and Farrell King. I'm sure there are more names that you could add to this list of these saints. I've been thinking about them a lot over the last two weeks, and, and I've wondered this thought. I wondered if we could bring them back in on Kirkin of the Tartan Sunday, and if we could ask them to, to squeeze into these pews. You might have to fight with them over your assigned seat, but they, we could do it. If we could bring them in and let them sit right next to us, and if we could ask them this question. Did you know? Did you know? Could you see what God was doing through you. I mean, could you even perceive it? Could you imagine what Preston Hollow is today? What do you think those founding mothers and fathers would tell us now? Do you think they could have ever imagined when they planted this church in an old worn-out cotton field up in the boonies of North Dallas? Do you think they could have ever imagined a community as vibrant as this one, one that is over 3,000 people if you count our kiddos? Could they have ever imagined, as young adults, they were in their 30s when they planted this church, could they have imagined when they put their houses up as collateral to get a loan from the bank to build this church? 30-year-olds who had a lifetime of expenses right on the other side of the windshield of their life, could they have ever imagined that this community of faith would nurture and love and raise up 30 future Presbyterian ministers? I mean, could they see it? Could they even perceive what God was doing through them? they clearly see what God was doing when they started the Preston Hollow Presbyterian School. 
a school for, for young people. It's the church's first outreach mission. A school for young people that, that has become a lifeline for children and families for generations. A school that creates a, a nurturing and challenging learning environment that helps young people return to mainstream education. Could they see it then? Did they have any idea what they were modeling for this city? It's in our DNA. What they did, their very lives, what they sought to create here at Preston Hollow is in our DNA as a community. We're a community that, of faith that takes seriously our call to worship and to education and to mission and to music. We haven't gotten here on our own. What we have become is built on the foundation of their faithfulness, of what God has done through them. And whether they could imagine it today or not, I certainly believe they would say to us that they trusted what God was doing in that moment. And they were trying to be as faithful as they could to God in that day and time. And I know they would say, and some days we got it really right. And man, were there some days we got it really wrong. I think they were being faithful in big and small ways and praying together and passing their faith on to their children and reaching out to their neighbors and in giving in ways that exceeded normal generosity for building the kingdom of God. Some of you who are in the sanctuary this morning know all of this to be true because you stood on their shoulders. You stood on the foundation that they set when you built Vickery Meadow Learning Center. Now literacy achieves. You stood on the foundation that they built when you went over to the neighborhood and you listened to voices of people's long silence and you heard their cries for help. You listened to what they needed and you built a community now where people from every corner of the globe come every single day. But I wonder even when some of you helped create Vickery Meadow, if you were even, even able to see what God was doing. Could you perceive then that Literacy Achieved would have multiple campuses? Some of you stood on the foundation of, of those who went before us when you created the Epiphany Ministry program here at Preston Hollow. A ministry for persons with special needs. A ministry that claims all of God's children as equal. Did you know then that this would be a community of nurture and care and respite and holy encounter? Could you even perceive it? Friends, often we don't know. Often we can't see the foundations that we are laying in the moment. The truth of the matter is we have no idea what God will build through our faithfulness today. But we're called to be faithful in big, in, in big ways and in very small ways. 
like in praying together and passing our faith on to the next generation and reaching out to our neighbors, neighbors and living generously for the build, building of God's kingdom here and now. We do this, not always knowing what God will do, but trusting that God is always doing a new thing. I got to tell you, this has never been more true for me than it was this past Monday night. You need to know, this past Monday night, we had our session meeting right here in the sanctuary, as is our custom, but this session meeting was a little different. We invited our confirmands to join us for worship. We examined them, which is uh, much too serious of a term for what it was. We had a conversation with them over dinner. And we had uh, chairs in a big circle right here in the sanctuary. I sat right where Barbara Lacey is sitting this morning, and I was moved to tears by the foundation that our young people see you building in their lives and in our community, and in our world. And so I've asked uh, our confirmation class if they would preach the final section of the sermon because they have something to say. And they have something that we all need to hear. Tell us what you see. My faith was built on the faith of my grandmother. She was always a religious person and and remained faithful even after my grandfather died. My faith is built on the faith of my mom, who is always reading her Bible. That has made a huge impact on me. My faith is built on the faith of this church, which baptized me and has helped raise me. My faith is built on the faith of my friends. They push me to believe and become closer to God. My faith has been built on the faith of my grandfather, who always reminded me to be grateful for what God has given me. My faith has been built on the faith of my grandmother, who spends a week with my family and I every summer at Mo Ranch. My faith is built on the faith of my parents. Not only were they the first ones who introduced me to this church, but they also modeled through their actions what a healthy relationship with God looks like. My faith is built on the faith of Chaplain Rhonda, who first taught me about God at a young age. My faith is built on the faith of our pastors, especially Matthew Ruffner, because his sermons always move me. My faith has been built by the faith of my family. My mom used to read me scripture in the morning, and my dad has always wanted me to go to church. My faith has been built on the faith of those who give, like Alice Maddox, who served as a Stephen minister. My faith is built on the faith of my great-grandmother, Virginia Holloway, who joined this church in 1954. My faith is built on the faith of my mom, who raised me in this church. My faith has been built on the faith of Sarah R., who has gotten me closer to God since she arrived at PHPC a year ago. Her love of God and spirituality inspires me. My faith is built on the faith of my dad because of the constant love and compassion he shows for everyone around him. My faith has been built on the faith of my mom because she loves coming to church and being a Christian and she has always encouraged me to come with her. My faith is built on the faith of my sister who has helped me understand when things get hard. My faith has been built on the faith of my parents who have trust so much in God and have taught me to do the same. My faith has been built on the faith of this church which has helped me learn about God to learn to develop my faith and to learn how to express it. My faith has been built on the faith of my Sunday school teachers, like Mr. and Mrs. Stanbridge. They were my Sunday school teachers until sixth grade. Their dedication to my class and the material they taught was so inspiring. 
My faith has been built on my good friend Elise Stanbridge, who brought me to this church and has helped me grow closer to God. My faith has been built on my parents and grandparents who have stood with me my whole life. Can you see it? Do you perceive it? God is working through this community of faith through you to build the foundation of faith for so many of us. Friends, we do not always know how God is going to take the very gifts of our lives. We have no idea what God will do with them. The Stanbridges had no idea, the whole family, <laughs> that when they showed up to teach Sunday school, people would say they were the very foundation of their faith for our call is to offer our very lives to a God who by the faithfulness of God will build mercy and love and justice through us for the whole world. I am so grateful to God for these compromises and for their moms and their dads who read them scripture and I'm so grateful to God for this community of faith and all of you volunteer to teach Sunday school and to serve in mission. I am so thankful to God for God's faithfulness through all the generations. Let us pray. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. May we respond as your people, O God, to your faithfulness in our world and in our lives. Thank you for our young people who help us to see and to perceive and help us to be a people who follow where you lead us. For we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Confirmants, thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Family of faith, at this time, I want to invite you all to join me in the affirmation of faith printed in our bulletin. Please stand if you are able. We are a congregation of the Presbyterian Church USA, called by God, redeemed by the Holy Spirit, seeking to grow in faith and Christian discipleship. PHPC is a welcoming family of faith, seeking unity as we follow Christ, loving and supporting each other, and serving those in need within and beyond our community of faith. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, all we are and all we do are to the greater glory of God. You may be seated. Friends, as we turn our attention to prayer this morning, I call your attention to the concerns and celebrations that you will find on the back of your bulletin to include in your prayers this week. In addition, we pray for the following. We're remembering Elmer Adams, and we're also praying for Blair Money and Cindy as well. 
Today, in particular, we lift up the uh, Tree of Life synagogue outside of Pittsburgh uh, that suffered a tragedy yesterday uh, with the loss of so much life uh, at the hands of a gunman. Preston Hollow has a rich history of partnering with the Jewish community here locally and with and through our denomination beyond. And it is in that spirit that we share with you that there will be a Jewish community vigil tonight, a service of hope and healing to which the public is invited. It begins at 6.30 p.m. at Congregation Sheriff Israel on Douglas Avenue. Whether or not you attend in person or uphold this community in your prayers, may we do so in the common spirit of care and concern for our brothers and sisters who share faith in our Creator. I remind you that an expression of care is always available each week through these doors and to the left as we offer our letters, our care letters for individuals who are uh, in a season in their lives when a mention of care would be an encouragement to them. And so I invite you to sign these letters and trust that your signatures will be a prayer of support to the recipients, each and every one. Friends, let us unite our hearts and minds together in prayer. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God of all times and places, we are humbled by the sheer fact that you know us better than we know ourselves. You know every hair that falls from our head. You know our going out and our coming in. You know our great needs and our tremendous sorrows. You know our victories and our causes for celebration. There is never a time in this life that we live apart from your presence and your knowledge and your care. We are grateful for this reality. We marvel at the complexities of who you are and how you relate to us, your children. Be with those this day who need a sense of your encouraging presence. Gracious God, we pray for our world. We pray for places of unrest and violence across the globe, yes, but also in our very country. Speak to the hearts and the minds of those in leadership as they make decisions that impact others. Keep their hearts soft and their minds open to your wisdom and give them courage to reach to the future. We know, O oh Lord, that you love justice and hate oppression. You give peace to those who seek it, and you condemn violence wherever it is in your creation. Be with those, God, who need your healing touch this day, in body, in mind, or in spirit. Bring encouragement to caregivers. Circle around those who have lost employment or housing or other basic needs. Help them, Lord, to know that you're near. Remind us, God, that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, that we may have faith to live by your word in our time, that we may have courage and endurance to persevere as we face any trials or tribulations. Give us vision and conviction to follow those who have faithfully gone before and to look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. 
You are the peace of all things calm, the place to hide from harm. You are the light that shines in dark, the heart's eternal spark. You are the door that opens wide the guest who waits inside. You are the stranger at the door, the calling of the poor. You are our Lord, and with us still, our love, keep us from ill. You are the light, the truth, the way. You are our Savior this and every day. Hear us now as we pray the prayer you taught us, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Family of faith, during this commit season, we have invited up a member of the congregation each week to share their story about their commitment to one of the ministries in our church. So it is a joy today that I invite up one of our student leaders, Emma Gigi. Emma is in the senior high, an active member of the youth group, and one of our youth council participants. And she is going to speak briefly about her commitment. So, Emma, I have two questions. The first is, if you would share why you have committed your time and energy to the youth group here at Preston Hollow. Um, the youth group has provided a safe place and home for everyone that goes throughout the week. It, um, it provides a place to counteract all the deception that we encounter throughout the week and is our home. That's awesome. Um, and would you share how being a part of the youth group here has made an impact on you? It has provided friendships that I can see lasting a lifetime, trips that I will never forget, um, memories made, and overall is my foundation of my faith. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Emma's commitment to the youth program and the ways in which it has impacted her remind me of many of the commitments you all have made for years and continue to do so. As Matthew said, we are not always able to perceive what the Spirit is doing, but this is a good reminder that the Spirit is at work in our midst. So friends, on this Commitment Sunday, as we turn towards our tithes and our offerings, I want to invite you all to place your blue commitment envelopes in the offering plate if you have it. For even though we might not perceive what is ahead, we are confident that God is at work. And in that confidence, we respond with our gifts. And if you just said to yourself, shoot, I forgot my blue envelope. Good news, the church is open on Monday. And we would, <laughs> we would love to see you. Um, friends, we worship a good and gracious God. So let us give generously.
us pray. Faithful God, you ask us to be faithful people, to be people of justice, to be people of mercy, to be people of peace. So we pray, use these gifts we give this day in large and in small ways to bring about your purposes in our community and beyond. Amen. of God. So whether or not we can see it through the windshield of our lives, I know that when we look in the rearview mirrors, we will see the thread of the divine knitting our entire lives together to one another and to God. So as we go forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world, may God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them. May God take our lips and speak through them. And may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in all our ways. Amen. Friends, please remain standing for our choral benediction.
My friends, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.